What up, world? It's the past first point guard and trailblazers reporter Mike Richmond, and you are listening to another episode of Locked On Blazers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, available wherever you get podcasts. It's your only daily trailblazers podcast, so why not make it your first listen every single day? Comes out in the morning, that way you'll have something to talk about with your pals by the time you get to lunch. And today you'll have a fun thing to talk about with your pals because I got a pal joining me, first time guest on the show. Longtime Portland media member Orlando Sanchez of KGW here in Portland. Orlando, how you doing? Life is good, man. Thanks for having me on. How do they say it? Uh, long time, first time. Yeah, yeah. Good to be on, my man. Good. Well, we're we're happy to have you here. We are at uh, at Media Day week. We got to we were both lucky enough to be back in the arena for a very sunny press conference where I may have gotten a uh, I may have gotten an indoor sunburn sitting there for the Blazers press conference, but I survived. I kept it moving. Um, you know, I was I was uh, in a sitting in sitting a, maybe a little too close to the windows, but I learned my lesson. I won't do that next year. Uh, we're, you know, as we're recording this, the Blazers have had a practice and a half. I think they're wrapping, literally, I'm to take you behind a bit, listeners, I think they're wrapping up practice as we speak. But uh, so we haven't seen much of them. So we're just kind of still in that early preseason feel it out mode. And I want to ask you, Orlando, to start with, like, what were your first impressions from Media Day? Yeah, I, I mean, first and foremost, you're right. I thought I had dodged the sunlight uh, by being on the opposite side. But when we got into like hour number three, it came right for me. And I had like the the, the half tan, you know, one side's red. Yeah, one, yeah. One Close encounters of the third kind style. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. man. Uh, but that aside, um, first day of school type of vibes, you know, what, Absolutely. You expect, what you expect from media day for, I'd say, 90% of NBA teams where everyone's excited to be back together, optimistic, the, the opportunity to have a fresh season, a fresh start and you know, all of the expectations that come along with that. So um, it's always a good time. You know, I never go into it expecting to like hear about some type of breaking news or someone's going to say something earth shattering. But at the same time, it's just it's it's a lot of fun to kind of get an idea of where everyone is at and seeing the energy that comes along with the team, because you can take a lot away from that. Um, and I mean, there's no replacing being in person with these guys and building that rapport so that when you do get down the season and you can ask them something, it goes a long way in, in doing that. So like for me, it's super beneficial. I typically have like Mondays off here at channel eight yeah. and I'm like, no, 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 I, I gotta be there. I want, I want to be there for that. You know? So I wish, I wish 9am wasn't the option because you know, we do shows late here, but uh, outside of that, man, I just, I thought it was cool. And so like just the surface level of it was just positive vibes from the team and, you know, a new year and new opportunities on the horizon. Yeah. I mean, you expect optimism. Uh, I guess like maybe this year around the league, there were more teams that were not, um, didn't have the best vibes because of like, just, you know, bad news in, 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 um, in Boston, obviously whatever is going on in Phoenix, uh, like there's some places maybe like Brooklyn just has, has weird vibes. So there's definitely like more training camps this year where it's like, Oh, <laughs> um, but in general, in general, you know, for 27 teams in the league, really, this is optimism week or whatever. Um, I thought that maybe compared to years past, it was a little bit tamped down. Like Damian Lord still ended up mentioning a championship. Um, he was kind of prompted to do so, but and he always somehow sneaks it in there. My man, a fierce optimist. Uh, but in general, I thought it was a little bit less 
crowing. I don't know if that's the right word. A little less, a little less loud with the optimism. Did you, do you get that same sense? Oh, I totally agree with that. I feel like years of the past, uh, each player had that championship goal or, you know, X amount of wins or, or whatever. And it wasn't that it was more like, let's figure this stuff out. Like we're going to be competitive, that type of thing. Uh, so that was kind of a breath of fresh air where they're not getting backed into a corner immediately where it's like, well, this isn't working out. Who's getting traded by the deadline? You know, it wasn't, it was none of that. And so I would agree with you. I think that's a, that's a good point. And yeah, I, uh, definitely Dame was the only one to use the the championship, um, you know, word, but at the same time, I think I had asked him like, what are, what are your goals? And, right. Yeah. You know, do you want to win a championship? You know, yeah. it's, it's, it's basically that on a platter for us in, in TV and, and the sound bites that, that we need for our jobs. But yeah, man, like, I kind of liked that. I really did. Um, and I think it, it, it's like, all right, this team is going to be different. They're going to, they're going to, it's going to be a lot different from now until the end of the year. And so I think there's something to be said about that. Yeah. Do you think they kind of learned their lesson a little bit? Like I, Joe is very different from Neil, like in terms of his approach, uh, this is Joe Crone in the Blazers current GM versus Neil Olshay, the previous GM, like his, his vibe is just different, like as a human. Um, but, but part of me thinks they kind of like, remember the years past when it was the most talented roster ever, the deepest bench ever assembled. And they were like, yeah, let's just talk about like connectivity. Cause that was the word that they wanted to use, you know, like, let's just talk about like playing together and being a team. I, I, I kind of think they, uh, I kind of think they know they, they maybe listened to the pod where I've kind of been uh, made fun of them a little bit and kind of dialed it back. Uh, Cause I thought Joe, and I wanted I'm curious about your take on this. He was maybe like, going the other direction, maybe even rolling back preseason expectations. Did you get that sense? I would even say realistic. You know? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, and I, I definitely got that impression from Joe, and it's been that way since he's gotten here. And we've actually had a lot of time to talk to Joe Yep. Um, since he got into the position. And I think that's even a breath of fresh air and a change in terms of just understanding where he's coming from, what his mindset is like, and what his vision is for this team so yeah i would totally agree and i think that there is something to be said about the bulletin board material you know it's not just one team talking about another team it's also the team itself putting those expectations out there for everyone to know absolutely because then you get to the end of the year and it's like remember when they were talking about winning the west and now they're like you know it's like remember it's like don't you recall when when uh when when they were talking about how good Mario Hazonia was, like Oof. what the what the hell? Um, so yeah, I, I think there's there's something to it. Um, <laughs> I'll tell you what, I think Joe's been pretty good at his job, but he's been so nice to media members because he's like he gets he just gets it right. Like if he's mm-hmm. if he's not nice to us, not like. Orlando Sanchez of KGW is going to just tear this fool down on Sports right. Sunday, like like eight minutes soliloquy on Sports Sunday where where. <laughs> where a local Emmy winner just trashes this dude. Like that's not, that's not what's going to happen, but like he gets the game of like, he's nice to folks like you and I, mm-hmm. um, uh, because there's some value in just like all of us getting along while we, while we figure out what he's like and he figures out what, what this situation is and all of those things. Um, oh, totally. Totally. Dude. He, like he used the word, I remember talking to him and him, him using the word humanizing to, in both of our roles, you know, yeah. the way he views us and the way we view him and the decisions that are made and within that standpoint. So, yeah, I think it, it goes a long way because 
you still have a job to do. I still have a job to do. We're going to say whatever happens, happens. But at the same time, if there is that relationship that's built and understanding where they're coming from, it helps us do a better job. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It, it, it's there is, it is certainly a, a two way street. Uh, I, I will say like uh, Joe being nice has bought him a lot of uh, good vibes. Everyone's like, oh. it's like they added Gary Payton, another six, three guard. <laughs> what, a, what a signing. Let's go. Let's and go. Like, yeah, exactly, exactly. So like, good on you, Joe. You, you, you cracked the code because you fooled us or maybe not fooled us. You got us like you got us. We're in. I'm in. I, I'm, I'm like legitimately excited about Gary Payton uh, and maybe some of that is the vibes uh the one word that was used so much is connectivity what what, what do you think that means for the blazers <laughs> let's get to know each other yeah uh, this is a new team uh dame hasn't played with most of these guys like ever you know so he's barely even played with ant he's played yeah. 30 i think it's something like 32 percent of his of ants minutes in his career have been next to damian lillard almost yeah. all of his minutes have been with someone else so it's, brand... I think it's yeah i think it's fair to say like Ant isn't even Ant anymore. Like, that's not right. the Anthony that we're used to seeing anymore after, you know, what he's done this past year. So I think when they use connectivity, it's like, let's actually get to know each other. Like, let's hang out. And so it makes sense why they've done training camp away from the Portland area. And, you know, just that extra week of there's. I, I do I do like it. I think yeah. it's a chance for them to speed up this process. And it's a lot of the little things that um, usually take a really long time to get. I mean, even down to the fluidity of what a pick and roll is like between Nurk and Dame. Like, that comes with time and being around each other. And sometimes when you're forced to have to be around each other a little more, you get to know each other. Totally. And you, you get to have these, you know, they're going to have a bunch of team dinners. Uh, Chauncey Bulls talked about it after the first practice. Like, they had, they had one when they arrived. Typically, uh, for like listeners who don't know, they would have one. They would go through training camp in Portland, and then at the end of training camp, they'd have a dinner at um, I'm not gonna like dox them, but a specific <laughs> restaurant in the southwest <laughs> suburbs. Um, they would go there, and that would be like that would be where they'd have their one team dinner because guys have families and folks and people, and they don't want to like if they're in Tualatin at the practice facility, they're just like I'm going home. I live I All live right. 15 minutes away. Uh, th this changes the vibe, and I think to to your point, like. You know, if it's not all rosy early on and you don't know a guy because you're just still getting used to him, having maybe a little more time around him allows you to be like, hey, you need to do this. And you have that rapport where you can say, listen, you got to set the screen higher. You got to stay with it. You have to like you have to do all these things. You can you can yell at a guy in a way you can't yell at if you don't know someone like that's that's real across every job, not just um you know, running a pick and roll. Right. I'm glad I'm glad you said that, because I mean, even if you put it into like normal guy terms like how often are you going to hang out with your coworkers after hours you know like you may every now and then but you know and you're hit you're hitting you're going straight into the season with these yeah. guys like you've got to be able to trust each other there's going to be times when things don't go well how are you going to respond that way and there has to be that understanding of when there is constructive criticism it's not going to tear the team apart yeah, I remember this scene of uh, in the 20, that would have been the 2019-20 season, early in the Hassan Whiteside experience, where they came out at halftime and Dame is kind of walking him through what angle to set the pick and roll at. And it's like, they're in like game six, <laughs> you know, like they're, they're like, they've played a lot of basketball together at that point. And he's still like, okay, I need you to set it here. I need you like, you know, they're still doing chemistry stuff. Obviously, like, we're talking really specific to pick and roll things, but like not having to maybe do that 
hit being being a little bit further along is, is there some real value yeah i mean even chauncey mentioning like what he learned from last year and one of the first things out of his mouth was like conditioning yep. you know you're the very basics because he's already tunnel vision like he's thinking about other stuff and it's like well let's back it up a little bit let's work on the the fundamentals here and just being in shape and you get around the warriors and the suns and you're like oh there's levels to this absolutely uh they got the last two preseasons they have gotten smacked around and it has been like a, oh this team is not as good as we thought i am going to put more stock into the fake games than i ever have in the past because I, I like i i'm always like preseason doesn't matter it doesn't matter but they got smoked last year and then they were bad like pretty much right away obviously different circumstances all those things right but like the previous year under Terry Stotts, they were trying to implement a new defense with the in preseason, and they sucked at it. And then they scrapped it by the time the season started. Like, um, I usually dismiss the 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 fake games, the exhibition games. I'm gonna be next week. I'm gonna be all in. You know, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be all like in. You're, you're throwing fuel to the flame right now of overreaction for preseason basketball. It's a daily podcast, Orlando. <laughs> It's over, man. All gas, no breaks. Exactly. I'm here for it, though. I am here for it. All right. In the second segment, I want to ask you about who starts at small forward and a couple other things, including Shaden Sharp, your impressions of the youngster. But first, I want to tell my listeners about Bet Online. It's the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. More lines, more props, more odds than anywhere else. Look, it's football season. Like it's basketball season here on this podcast, because it's always basketball season here on this podcast. But in real life, it's football season. We got the NFL on Sundays. We got college football all Saturday long. If you go to betonline.net right now, you can find lines, props, odds on all of those games. So don't wait. Go take advantage of it right now. That's Bet Online, where the game starts. All right. Still rolling along here with Orlando Sanchez from KGW TV here, Channel 8 in Portland. Orlando, who starts at small forward for the Blazers on night one? I'm going to go with Nasir Little, man. I think it just makes too much sense. His size, um, he's complimentary to. Dame and Ant. So I'm going to go there. But like Chauncey said, man, it's not necessarily who starts. Um, it might be who finishes and who gets the most playing time. But I think for the time being, um, I'm going to go with Nasir Little. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I, I think that one makes the most sense. It could be Josh Hart. Like Josh Hart's better at basketball than Nasir Little. Mm-hmm. I, I don't, I don't, I don't even think that's controversial. Like he's, oh. he's better. He's better. He might not be for long. Best case scenario for the Blazers is that he's, he's like that Nas is makes this a conversation. It makes uh, Thursday, September 29th show look a little bit embarrassing. But like right now, Josh Hart's better than him. But I think Hart is one, a little bit smaller, a little less, has a little bit less length. Um, and he, his skills seem better fit for that second unit. He can dribble, like he could dribble. You want another playmaker, that's Josh. That gives you that chance to do that without playing. They don't really have a true backup point guard other than Brandon Williams. He's not gonna play. So it's like, that gives you that other ball handler with that unit. Um, I I think it makes sense. I, I Billups said at his press at, at the presser on media day that like Justice Winslow could be in the mix. Did that surprise you? Yeah, uh, I'm glad you brought that up because my I, I you know my eyebrows raised when he said that because I always thought this was a two man competition. Absolutely. Um, so the fact that he's opening it up to that point tells you something and i really did like um i know that i think you asked and 
others asked about, hey, do you want to start, you know, to all of these guys? And I like how honest they were about saying, yeah. Yeah. And also, even with Justice, the way he was like, well, I think Chauncey likes me because I remind him of, you know, the Pistons days. Yeah. Um, and and a, a dude that just fits what he likes. And so um, it really made a little more sense after hearing from Justice and his perspective and how he handles ball and what he brings to the table. So I'm looking forward to it. Like, I didn't have the radar on Justice the way I do now after hearing that he's in the mix for this job. You don't believe that, do you? No, but I... Yeah, that's I, what I do, I'm saying. It's just I, coach I, I do, speak. But I do like that he that he threw his name in there because, sure. I mean, they're always, there's always extra involved with this stuff. And it's like, all right, what what is he saying about Justice? Like, Exa- does he, exa- does that's he want it. him to step up? What type of role could he have in, on this team? Yeah, what he's saying is justice. You're part of this. Like, if you're, you might not start, and you're like, you're gonna lose the job or whatever. Right. But like, but you're part of this. Like, you're one of our guys. Like, we're gonna lean on. You're one of the vets that we absolutely are going to count on every single night. And and if I do tap you to start here and there, it's because I trust you. And I, I I'd like, I think you made a great point. Message received, right? Is that he wants to play? Uh, the I do. I think it was funny that Nazir Little was like the only one of those three between him and Josh Hart and Justice Winslow that was like, you know, I'm not so worried about starting. It's, it's a younger guy. He's a nice guy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. He's young. And the, the two vets who've been around and have played in different places are like, yes. Like, yes, I want to start because it means something. I remember um, when this is like early on when I was on the beat, when Robin Lopez first got here. And I was like, did you sign here? Because this is the place you could start. And he was like, yeah, I mean, everyone in the league wants to start. Like, what the hell? Are, what are you asking? You know, like, what, like, yeah, like, like all of us, like everyone in the gym. It was. Um, this is how. This is how different of a time it was. They held a press conference when it was just a scrum at the practice facility, and then they said go, and we were all released to go talk and chat out on the practice court, one-on-one interview. So I got a one-on-one with Robin Lopez the first day he was introduced. It was. Um, it was what whatever eight years ago, and it's a lifetime away. But it was. Yeah. It, yeah, it's just, I don't even want to tell you about that. You came shortly after you came to the market. It used yeah. to be different. It used to I'm be different. Like, that is that is like gold. Uh, and it goes back to just the whole, like getting a chance to build a relationship with those yep. because you have that one-on-one time and there's not this rush where you're like, okay, let me fire off one question. Maybe I get a follow-up or right. a second question. And just, that's a game changer for real. Yeah. Uh- uh, luckily for, for the Blazers, Robin Lopez was never helpful to me at any point during his <laughs> tenure. <laughs> he was not, uh, he was a fun guy, but he did not want to talk about basketball even a little bit. If you want to talk about like the Simpsons or comic books, incredible. You want to talk about like what happened in the fourth quarter, go somewhere else. That's not, not your, gonna happen, huh? Yeah. That's, that's not your spot. Uh, Shaden Sharp is probably the most exciting new part on this roster with all due respect to, to, to Jeremy Grant, Gary Payton, but like, what are your impressions of Sharp as a, as a, as a kid, as a 19 year old or, and as, and as a player, like what are your hopes for him this season? What did they dub him? The, the mystery man during the, the draft. Yeah. I still kind of feel that way, you know, cause we really, had, we saw him play for like a couple of minutes in Vegas and saw him hit a jump shot. And that was pretty much a it. Sweet looking jumper. Yeah. Though. Great yeah, touch. I mean, I ran it multiple times, man. I ran it. I bet, I bet you've run it a lot. <laughs> like this is the one piece of video we have of Shaden. So <laughs> let's return it up a little bit. Yeah, um, limited B-roll on the youngster, but we'll get you. We'll get you there. We'll get we you will there. eventually, man. But I, I couldn't help but really flash back 
to when Anthony first got here. And he reminded me so much of a teenager when they got here. And I'm like, dude, what would I say? How would I act as a teenager in that position? Like, I can't even imagine that. And so those were like the preliminary thoughts of just hearing him speak because there's a lot of, you know, one, two word answers. I mean, you took he one for the team. Me, dude. He you rocks tried. me. I'll, uh, I, I was getting, they were making fun of me on, on Reddit about this. So I'll address it. <laughs> uh, so I was trying to get, I was trying to get Shane Sharp to kind of, I haven't seen him play like any basketball, right? I haven't seen him play any basketball. I've seen him on YouTube and I watch him play four minutes on TV before he got hurt. So I'm, I was trying to get him to paint a picture for me. That was, uh, that was kind of like, here's a moment when I did a, did a good basketball, right? And so I asked him the first question and I was very intentionally open-ended with the question. What are your impressions of how you stack up with the Blazers against NBA guys, right? Very intentionally open-ended. I did not want to ask him a yes or no question. He didn't understand the question. That's, that happens. Uh, I could have phrased it better. And I went back twice tried to do it twice and tried to get him to be like, okay, here's a scene that Dame told us. Are there anything else like it? He's like, yeah, there's some other stuff that's like it. <laughs> and I, I literally, I struck out twice, like hard, like hard strikeout, embarrassing, bad strikeout. And, and, the, and my questions got increasingly worse because I was just getting rocked. This kid was just <laughs> rocking me up there. Eventually, I'm just laughing and handing the mic. Anyway, uh, at Media Day, we were handing around one microphone. So I'm just like, anybody take this mic from me because Shaden Sharp defeated me. He got me and I tried my best, but he got me and it happens. And Dude. when you learn when you learn a guy's personality, you can, uh, you'll ask better questions. Next time I talk to Shaden, I'm going to do better. I promise. I mean, even uh, Jason Quick tried to step in. And, he and did, then, he did. Shout out to Jason. I think this is what Mike is trying to say. Didn't happen. Man. Didn't happen. Didn't like he, yeah, exactly. He tried to, he tried to say, okay, I'm gonna prop this guy up. I'm a veteran reporter. And Shane nope. said, uh, I don't care. Um, so <laughs> yeah. So I don't know anything about him. Like I'm, I'm with you. Um, are you, do you think he plays early in the season? I do. I do. I think they're going to give him some run. I think more than anything is you've got to see where he's at. Yeah. Against in, in a game in, in competition not at the facility where, you know, things are controlled. Let's just see how he reacts in different situations and then go from there. Then you build on it. Like, you know, any manager would do uh, with their employees, you know, let's yeah. see how much they can do. And then we'll go from there. Then we'll set those parameters. Yeah. Pull them back if they can't handle it or give them, give them a little more rope if they need be. I will yeah. say early in the summer, the way they were talking about him, the way Joe and Chauncey talked about him in various interviews over the place, I thought Shaden Sharp had an outside chance to be part of the regular rotation on night one. Mm -hmm. I will say just reading the tea leaves, uh, the based on the way that Cronin was talking, I, I, I kind of think they might, I think he'll play early, like the first month, but I wouldn't be surprised if we don't see him right away, like first five, six games. I wouldn't be surprised if you get zero Shaden because the way they were talking, again, this is like, this is literally just like parsing the, the words they chose. I love it. Is that like, you know, he's going to need a little time. I think that was the vibe I got. And, and, and that was a very different vibe than what I felt like had been earlier in the summer. And maybe they've just seen him a little bit more and they're like, yeah, this dude's really talented, but... You know, and I, I like, I don't think it's a big deal if a 19 year old isn't ready to play in the NBA. That seems, that seems fine no, to me. No. And you've, you've mentioned this on, on multiple episodes about just the amount of teenagers that actually make an impact in year one. And it's just so rare. I yeah. Mean, I, yeah. 
I think I don't think that's unrealistic at all. And like you said, even reading between the tea leaves and taking a bigger step back, it was like the moment that they, you know, signed Dame to the extension, it's let's win now. Let's do what we need to do to win now. Then we can develop as, you know, our second project. But priority number one is let's get the right guys on the floor so we can win games and make the playoffs. Et cetera, even, et cetera. even Dame was like talking about Shaden Sharp, effusive praise, really excited totally. about him, really excited about him. But he was like, you know, whenever he's ready, whenever that is later in the mm-hmm. season or in year two. And I was like, oh, <laughs> like, yeah. like, oh, oh, yeah. I, see. I see. You know, and maybe that's Dame being like, please don't please don't put the 19 year old out there with me when I want to make the playoffs. <laughs> right. Um, right. I think there's some truth to that as well. I mean, I, I remember even Dame uh, was kind of tempering expectations with Anthony. And then sure. we kind of got to a point where he was like, no, Anthony's that guy. And he's going to be a dude in this league. You know, there was just time. It was, and I think that is a smart play on Dame's behalf. Yeah. I mean, he's the, the, he, if, if you talk about someone who gets it, Damian Lord is someone who absolutely gets it. Uh, what are you, what are you looking for for Ant in year five? Like, what is this? You know, he took a big step, but it was from January to March. Is what? Where is he between what we saw before that and what that was? What's your expectations for him this season? Unfairly, they're they're pretty high because now we know what he's capable of, and even him, you know, saying, "My goal is to be an all star." Yeah, you know, maybe not this year, but you know, in general, his. His goals are to be an all-star, and if he's going to do that, he's got to be so efficient when he has the ball, and which he has been, you know. Sure. And, um, as a three-point shooter, man, he's been so good. I'd like to see him get to the hole a little more. I'd like to yep. see that athleticism really shine. Um, but my expectations are are high on him. I, I expect him to score at a high level. Yeah, I, I think the offense isn't a question, and that's maybe it's a question. It's not like he's going to average twenty-seven or whatever he did during that stretch. He's just not going right. to. There's not many shots, right? But yeah, like I, I don't have much concern about him being a good offensive player in the league. It's more of his play with Dame and what that looks like. And if does that does less on ball reps take away from him? Does all mm-hmm. the like all of those things? I'm with you on on his offensive production. I think he's going to be good. Um, it's just the you know the larger team concept. I think. I'm not like, I wouldn't say concerned or anything. I just think like we haven't seen it. I don't know exactly what it looks like. They haven't yeah. played many minutes together. Um, it's, it's so different, man, when you're given the keys to the ride and they say, go as fast as you want, go wherever you want. And now that everyone is back, how do you fit into that? So I understand, you know, that I don't even want to say concern, but just curiosity with yeah, how it's, all of it's exactly. going to work. Yeah, and I think it's like Dave mentioned, like it's so fresh and so new. Everything about this, everything about this is like, oh, this will be different. You know, like every, literally every part of it. So so I'm with you. Uh, the last guy before I let you get out of here, I, w- I want to ask you about is Jeremy Grant. Um, to me, he is the biggest swing player on the roster because if Jeremy Grant is good, they're like, if he's like good and really useful, that's big boost for him. If Grant is like, merely pretty good it puts a ceiling on what they can be just because they don't have a lot of other starting quality power forwards that could be like hey jeremy doesn't have it we'll go this direction that night uh how do you see jeremy grant fitting with this group i think that's a a fair assessment in terms of you know being that that x factor for me nurk has always been that guy you know if nurk is available they're going to be good you know if he continues to be that that player on defense specifically they're going to be good and now that attention is starting to sway towards Jeremy Grant and saying, sure. 
how does he handle going, you know, all of the storylines that we've heard so far with like, he was the guy in Detroit. What's he going to be now? Are we going to see a, a hybrid be- between the Detroit version and what he was when he was in Denver, or OKC, like what type of player are we going to get? How is he going to fit? How long is that going to take for him to fit? Can he, can he be an effective center? Can he play alongside right. Nurk? Like they're, they're banking on him doing a whole lot. And, some of those roles that he'll have to pick up aren't exactly the ones where you get all of the praise for. So where is he at with all of that as well? So like, there's a lot, there's a lot that I'm wondering about with him. Like it's, it's exciting times. And I think Blazers fans should be pumped up to get a player of his caliber at that position that we haven't seen since LaMarcus. Like, dude, if this works out, I think this team's going to be pretty good. Yeah. And and it's such a stepping stone to what they want to be. Like if you've checked, like, versatile scoring forward mm-hmm. a lot of teams are looking for that so then you can you can start to build on other stuff like it's such a he's, he's such an important piece i think you brought up a really good point it's probably the thing i'm most curious about with with grant is the dirty work stuff is he cool to do stuff that isn't fun <laughs> like like yeah. you know he he left denver to go to detroit for reportedly about the same amount of money he could have stayed in Denver, but to spread his wings a little bit and be a guy who scores 20 and is the focal point of the offense. When reporters have asked him about that and they do it every turn and they'll do it again, he's kind of like, he doesn't really want to discuss that. Um, Which sure, like whatever. I don't want to talk to me either, but like, uh, (laughs) but uh, I wonder if you can, if there's a cap on how much of the offensive share he gets, if he's willing to do the dirty work, if he's willing to play center and set screens and box out and all like, you know, and, and do the unglamorous stuff. Um, I'm, I too am fascinated by it. He's, he's like, he's the player, obviously like Shane Sharp, if he's really good, this is like, that's like a game changer for the franchise, but Grant for a guy who's going to play a big minute role on night one, like he's the player I'm most intrigued by because it's like, does it work? Does Jeremy Grant at center work? Does, you know, like is all of those things. Cause he's going to play center. Like it, that the team has telegraphed it. That dude's going to play some center. Um, okay. Now the actual last one, how small can they go? And how, how concerned are you about their general size? I think, yeah, like they are going to play small ball. It is part of the plan. Like there's no way around it. Like it's, it's going to happen. Yeah, yeah Like, exactly. like what, why are you going to put, uh, you know, Drew Eubanks in that position? Where sure. he's got, where he's forced to to do things that are out of his game. So yeah, like you're banking on Jeremy being able to to play the five. And based on where the roster is, like you said at the top of the episode, like yeah, another six three. Yeah, you know, like we got another guard. Let's go. You know, like in order to be complimentary to that, you're really gonna have to go all in on something like that. And and luckily for the Blazers, and I, I shouldn't even say they've done their homework on a guy like Jeremy who can. Uh, slip into that role and be complimentary and all of these pieces fit together like that but it's going to be a different brand of basketball altogether that we haven't seen here in a very long time at least you know since I've been around at least so yeah I'm, I'm looking forward to just seeing how it all blends together and like that becomes Chauncey Billups big assignment you know is ha- not only basketball wise like putting all these puzzle pieces together but the personality and, and making sure that you satisfy all of the needs of these different guys, like they all On a want a brand to... new group with a brand new group. Yeah. Yep. So all of that is going to be a challenge that maybe we don't see on the surface, but behind the scenes, man, like that's going to be a job. 
Yeah. The, the sort of CEO part of his job, just like the managing folks, is tough. Like, it's tough. I, I think he's going to be fine, X's and O's wise. I thought he got a lot better at it at the end of the year, just like, you know, putting in ATOs and stuff. And then they just gave him like a roster that couldn't compete. And so it didn't matter. But like uh, the managing, managing all of this, plus you got to meet him. That's why they're using the C word connectivity because they got to, he's got to figure out how it works and what, who needs what and all those things. It's, um, it's a fascinating balance. I'm, I'm excited to watch it. Orlando, if people are looking for more of you, where can they find you? Uh, hit me up on Twitter. Hit me up on social media, Orlando KGW, uh, o Sanchez TV on Instagram, and if you're in the Portland market, check me out on KGW TV. That's Channel Eight. We do a show every Sunday called Sports Sunday. If you're into high school sports, Ducks, Beavers, Timbers, you name it, we cover it. So check it. Check me out. Appreciate the time on the pod, man. This is a. I, I enjoy listening to you. Hey, well, I'm really happy that we were able to make it work this week. I was like, hey. Can you come on? The, can you please come on and save me this week? And you you answered the bell. So I truly appreciate it. Dear listeners, tell your friends about this podcast. Five days a week, Blazer Talk, fun guests, season previews, all of that good stuff. It's available wherever you get podcasts. It's on YouTube. So you can see me in my basement in Orlando. It's still at his office. Hasn't even gone home yet as of recording this on Wednesday evening. And then, so make this your first listen every day. It's available available in your podcast feeds, wherever you're looking for it. Make it your first listen. Make your second listen, Locked on Fantasy Basketball. If you're a fantasy basketball player, Josh Lloyd is essential listening. Like, he's just the best that, that there is doing it. That's available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Check him out. Come back for more later this week. I appreciate you listening. I'll talk to you soon.